Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined by anybody. It is a Sunday night. I am here in Austin, Texas. I am on vacation and yet still recording for you guys. Uh, I will not, I don't think, be able to record tomorrow uh, or on Christmas. I, I should be able to record again on Wednesday when I get back home uh, after traveling, but but I think the next two days I, I'm probably going to be off, but I'll find some way to make it up to you. I, this is like the first step of trying to make it up to you. Uh, I am I am recording from on vacation, so and 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 really like it's it's not really a matter of I, it's hard to say vacation. Every day is kind of a vacation because technically speaking, my job is to to talk to you guys about the Lakers. Uh, so here we are, right? Uh, I am going to open up the the mailbag, and as per usual, I'm going to remind you guys, if you have a a subject that you want covered on the show, make sure you send it in the form of a five-star review on iTunes, and I promise I'm going to get to it. Uh, There is somebody even who who copied and pasted, because apparently I, I missed a question. There's somebody on this show who even copied and pasted a question that I promise I'm going to try to get to tonight. Uh, there are a ton of questions that I that I want to get to, so, so let's dive into it, right? Uh, quick reminder, again, send those uh, questions in in the form of a five-star review, and also... Uh, one of the things I've been I've been kind of throwing around in the back of my mind is is a better way to end the show. Uh, I'm thinking not quite like a, a you know a, the typical sign off you know go Lakers or anything like that, but I'm thinking make somebody's day is going to be how I'm going to end each show from now on. Let me know what you guys think about that because I I just think it's important. I want to I want to try to. To use this platform that I've been blessed enough to have uh, to try to improve the world that we all live in. And I think one of the best ways to do so is just to remind you guys, hey, be a good person. So so let me know what you think. Uh, without further ado, though, let's go ahead and, and, and get to the questions that you guys have for us. Uh, the first question here comes from QBreezy12, friend of the show. Can you give us a quarter season update on who you most want? And who you think is going to be the second max guy? It's looking more and more like it's going to be Anthony Davis. He is the guy I most want. I really enjoy watching him play, and the stuff that he says away from the game uh, is is the kind of thing that you want to hear from a a a foundational star out here in LA. So so he's the guy I think makes the most sense and is most likely to come. The Lakers seem to think so. The league seems seems to think though, with all of the the uh, I guess the, the the gripes that come from executives all over the league, that's that's not a coincidence. The league is kind of nervous. The NBA is kind of nervous. E- executives all over the league are nervous that LeBron is going to be able to flex his agency muscle and get Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Whether or not that comes with another star remains to be seen, but he's the guy who I think makes the most sense out there and is the most likely. And and quite frankly, 
he would be the next guy uh, in line in, in in the in the great tradition of of Lakers centers. He would rank up there with the Shacks, the Kareems, the Mikans, the Wilts. Anthony Davis is that good. So. And he's entering his prime. That's a crazy thing. So he's the guy I, I, I have my eye on the most. Uh, let's answer one more question, and we will then throw it to a quick break. Uh, this is from Initium73. Hi, Anthony. You're awesome, and I really en- enjoy the show. Thanks, man. You're awesome, too. Uh, questions, uh, parentheses. Should the Lakers make a trade between now and the trade deadline in, on, on February 7th? Uh, if so, who do you think would be a solid addition? I've maintained for a long time that I think the Lakers are going to make some kind of change, some type of addition at the trade deadline. Somebody who is on an expiring deal, who might not be happy with their current situation. Uh, I still, Trevor Ariza still hasn't left my radar despite having been traded to uh, Washington. That said, given the way that Brandon Ingram played the last time that I watched the Lakers play. And and mind you, I wasn't able to watch because I'm out here in Austin. I didn't have access to a place where I could watch the Lakers play Memphis. So we'll see how that game goes. I have that recorded at home and I'll, and I'll watch it as soon as I get back. But, but uh, if Ingram is going to play the way that we saw him played uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans, the Lakers don't have to make an addition. He's that good. He's that potentially special. And if and he and if he regularly approaches the game the way that we saw him that night, he fits alongside LeBron James and a lot of the Lakers issues roster-wise in terms of roster construction make a lot more sense. So We'll see. I, th- I do think at some point they make some kind of small addition. I think Trevor Ariza is going to get bought out by Washington because there's such a disaster right now as currently constituted. And and I think he finds his way to the Lakers at some point this year. Uh, but if he doesn't, I do think the Lakers are pretty well situated to, to make a, a decent run as currently constituted, especially if Brandon Ingram really rethinks the way that he uh, plays the game of basketball. I'm going to keep getting to your guys' questions here in a bit. Uh, but before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Mizuma. Mizuma USA has been a partner of the show. And and not just... The, if you guys really enjoy the show, I, I think... And, and especially if you guys are, are own some kind of small business, you really should start working with Mizuma just on, on everything that they offer to you as a small business. But but if you know anybody who does own a small business and is looking to get more organized, let them know about Mizuma. Uh, Mizuma USA has worked with me now for going on a year. I am I am all kinds of organized as we head into tax season. Uh, and, and the idea of Anthony Irwin being organized is something that my wife thought was impossible. And if they accomplished the impossible with me, they have CPAs, bookkeepers, and accountants all here in the United States. Uh, they're based out of Utah, but they are within an email or a call or a text away from you. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you a phone number, 213-947-6926. Again, that is 
947-6926. It's a free consultation, no strings attached. And for packages starting at only $75 a month, you and your small business can get more organized financially as we head into 2019. So give them a call. That is Mazuma. Uh, your small business is one-stop shop for bookkeeping, taxes, and unlimited accounting advice. Let's keep on going. We're going to take another quick second here. And when we come back, we are going to keep on going with your guys' questions. All right. Next question here comes from Laker for Life. Uh, go Lake Show Go. Hey, Anthony, fan of the show. Recently, I kept hearing Katie doesn't want to come to the Lakers. And one thing I learned from the Paul George stuff is that when something keeps getting reported, you have to kind of start paying attention to it. Uh, if Katie is truly off the table, the Lakers need to trade for Beal. Beal is young, and and if he works out uh, great and looks like the Lakers can add a second-caliber all-star, uh, should we do that? If not, we can flip Beal for Anthony Davis this summer, a play on on, on, play, on Beal's deal. <laughs> Beal's deal would give us a better chance at in, in a bidding war against the Celtics. What do you think? I've said this uh, multiple times here on the show. Uh, the fact that the Lakers haven't traded for Beal should signal to you guys how confident they are in at least getting a meeting with Kevin Durant in this coming off uh, upcoming offseason. They are not going to trade for, for Bradley Beal this year. I, I'm, I'm confident in, in, you know what, I'll report that. The Lakers will not trade for Bradley Beal this year. Uh, now maybe things change and, and they find out, uh, that, that Kevin Durant is not at all interested in playing with LeBron James, then, okay, then the report changes. But, but as of right now, I don't think the Lakers are in the Bradley Beal market because of the opportunity costs, not just for Kevin Durant, but any asset that they use will also not be able to be used in a Anthony Davis trade. And I just think that the Lakers have their sights set on some iteration of an offseason in which they're able to land both Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant. And and I can't blame Magic Johnson for being that kind of optimistic. So maybe I'm wrong, but I that, that seems to be what their vision is currently squared upon right now. All right, next question comes from Doc McSims. Hi, Anthony. Love the show. Thanks, man. Uh, Once again, I have a problem with Luke during the times the Lakers are struggling during the Wizards game. He wanted to call a timeout once they were down 8-20. to On top of it, he didn't run a play, and it was during this sequence of time, it was nothing but pick-and-roll action that resulted in bricks. This is beyond predictable. Can't Luke call a play, uh, or get something to get the Lakers in motion. I, on one hand, I agree with the gripe in a larger picture. I think the Lakers, as we near the halfway point of this year, should have a better offensive system in in place beyond give LeBron the ball and, and have him figure it out. Um I just don't think that's Luke's strong suit, and and this kind of speaks to a larger issue across the Lakers as an organization that they just kind of handed the keys to Luke 
coaching-wise and organizationally. And they just kind of said, hey, you can have whatever staff you want. And and he is yet to hire an offensive strategic guru that who could, you know, somebody who could really help the Lakers in, in this respect. So as the staff is currently constituted, I wouldn't get your hopes up for any type of development in that respect. That said, they're making it work. And, and so long as they continue to do so, that's kind of the point of all of this. Next question here comes from Nick Batchelor, friend of the show. Uh, you know what? Hold on. Let's see. Yeah. All right. We got time for one more question. Again, from Nick Batchelor. Hey, Anthony, just done watching the Wizard game. Uh, should have kept center Bryant over Zubots. Do you agree? Uh, Nick Batchelor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, one, that's a friend of the show. Uh, he has been huge for, for the development of the show. Uh, I agree. It, it, what it really comes down to, and, and this is this is uh, something, again, I'm, I'm willing to report, that the Lakers thought that maybe the Spurs would be interested in Zubats, and in thinking that, they, that the Spurs might be in, interested in Zubats, they kept him over Thomas Bryant. The problem was, that the Lakers never had a chance at trading with the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. And obviously, Kawhi wound up in Toronto. Thomas Bryant wound up in Washington. And I think he's going to be a really good player. All of that said, I want to give a shout-out to, to Vitsa Zubats for his effort against Anthony Davis and the Pelicans uh, before this weekend started. That was really, really cool. Uh, and, and we'll see how, how things transpire moving forward. But, but that's if you were wondering why the Lakers don't have Thomas Bryant and they currently have uh, Ivica Zubats on their roster, that's why. We're going to take another quick second here, and when we come back, I'm going to keep on answering your guys' questions. All right, and we're back. Thank you again for sending in your questions. We have a handful left, so let's uh, let's dive on in. Hi, Locked On Lake. This is from King SV one twelve. So, so it's V Mikhailuk checking in. Uh, hi, Locked On Lakers. I've been listening since August and and been loving the show. I have a question. Who do you believe is best rookie, and which one should we trade for our second star? I think they're asking which Lakers rookie I most believe in so far. It's hard to say, right? Like, we haven't seen Isaac Bonga up at the NBA level. Sfi Mikhailuk has been erratic at best. Mo Wagner has been mostly non-present because of his, because of his injuries issues. So, so I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and kind of puss out here and say no response, right? Inconclusive thus far. Which second star should the Lakers trade for? That's Anthony Davis. That seems to be the person that the Lakers are most interested in moving forward. Next question from Colbster Monster. Hi, Anthony. Huge fan of the show. Thank you very much. I was wondering your opinion on Isaac Bonga and if you think he could become a valuable contributor in the future. After all, he is extremely raw and is the youngest player in the league. Thanks, Colby. I like your name, Colby. That's a good one. Uh, but to answer your question, Isaac Bonga, Isaac Bonga doesn't really line up with the Lakers' plans right now. Maybe he takes some kind of crazy step forward moving forward, 
But as of right now, I just don't quite see it. I think he's very talented. Uh, Kudos to him. He deserves all the props for being able to turn things around after a very disappointing stretch out there in Vegas. But, But given what the Lakers are looking to do right now, I just don't think he quite fits. So we'll see how these things turn out. Uh, but I think he's mostly, mostly some type of tradable asset as the Lakers look to, to build, whether it's with Anthony Davis or, or beyond. I'm sorry. Uh, next question here comes from Randy6734. What year of LeBron's tenure in L.A. do you think we have the best chance of winning the championship? With that, how many players from the current team do you think will be on that team? That's a fun question. This is a good one. I think year three is when the Lakers are going to win a championship with LeBron. Not this year, not next year, but the year after that. Because the Lakers are going to make some kind of big splash this upcoming offseason. Maybe a huge splash if it's if it's two stars. But typically speaking, it takes a little while for those guys to figure playing together out. So so I think in year three, the Lakers will, will win a title. LeBron will either opt out, uh, you know, not exercise his player option, and then re-up to, to, to finish out his career out here or whatever. But, but I think in year three, year three of LeBron's tenure, the Lakers are most likely to win a championship. Uh, who do I think that would be? It's Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant. Like, that's who the Lakers have their sights on, and... And, and until Magic completely strikes out, I'm going to take his word on that. Uh, next question from Davin112. Big fan. I know the. Thank you very much. Uh, I know the Lakers are trying to get AD, but do you think Kuz and AD will work well together? Yes. Uh, like how Brandon and LeBron don't work together, they both play similarly. AD and Kuz by. So they don't play that similar. Anthony Davis, I don't. It's tough because he plays in New Orleans and they aren't on national television almost ever. But I don't think you guys quite recognize how good that guy is. He is seven foot plus, can jump out of a gym, and can shoot from three point range. Just design a player. Like you can go on to NBA 2K, design a player. Just, just, just. Enter into your search. Hey, who fits best with LeBron James? And the search will result in Anthony Davis. That's who the guys have their their eyes focused on. It doesn't matter how well Kyle Kuzma, though Kyle Kuzma does fit very well with Anthony Davis. It doesn't matter how well he fits with them. What matters is, hey, how can we get the most talent on the Lakers roster as quickly as possible? And... The answer to that question is by trading for Anthony Davis, and that's what the Lakers are trying to do. All right, uh, next question here from Assess the Threat. Uh, this is the the review I, I talked to you guys about earlier. Hi, Anthony. I left a review here last week, but you didn't get a chance to cover it on the last mailbag episode. I'm sorry. Uh, from the previous week. Anyway, I went ahead and copied in, uh, my question in here again. Apologize for how long this is, but I really wanted to get my point across clearly. Um, not sure if you recognize me from Twitter. Uh, I do tweet at you often. 
I, I do. I, I, I recognize the at. Uh, anyway, I wanted to bring a point of criticism for the podcast here, and if you could address it on the show, that would be great. If not, I understand as well. My biggest issue is that the shows aren't long enough. I approximate that the average length of the show is about 30-ish minutes, but when you factor into the sh- when you factor in the intro, the outro, the the plugs, or whatever, uh, it results in about 18 to 20-ish minutes of actual Lakers talk. Um, blah 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 blah. Uh, look, th- <laughs> there have been actual studies done on the amount of attention I can get from the average listener. So I'm going to talk for about as long as 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 I can have your guys' attention. The other thing, too, is that, like, it's a daily show, and sometimes there are some conversations that I want to extend into the next day so that you and I can, you being the listener and I being the speaker, can continue this kind of form of communication. The other thing to add to that is that I am very active on social media, and so when I say something on the show and then I get people adding me about whatever I say on the show... I'm going to continue that conversation on the show. That just that just helps fill time. It's a daily show. I am paid to speak about this every single day. So it's tough to... You guys wouldn't want to listen to me 45 minutes every single day. That's just way too much talking. So, so here I am uh, just trying to fill... Not, not trying to fill. It's not that hard. But here I am. Uh, speaking to you guys for as long as I know that I can keep your guys' attention. And and then if I go over that time, well, you can pretty much guarantee that that conversation is going to extend into the next show and and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the math that I do here. Uh, the, the thing that I don't want to have happen is to have a 45-minute show that you guys get sick of because listening to me talk is is nauseating. <laughs> Uh, we have a couple more questions here. Wow, we have a lot more questions here. Uh, this is from Perez Marcus. Out of the park pizza in Anaheim or Buena Park would be great. Uh, would be a great place to host a local meetup. I'm bummed I couldn't make the last one, uh, but would love to watch a game with you guys. Been listening for two seasons every day. Keep up the good work. Uh, it would be cool to see Harrison on the pod more often. You two have good chemistry. I. I really greatly appreciate the the kind words about Harrison. If you guys want to hear Harrison and me on the show, uh, hop on over to the other show that he and I host together. In terms of places that we could do more live shows at, uh, we as a show and as a network are trying to figure out the best way to to make that happen. So so get ready for, for more announcements in that regard. We're really excited about that. Uh, next question from Big Fridge 21 um, all right. Hey, Anthony, big fan of the pod and all the smart Lakers content. Thanks, man. Uh, you guys often talk about the team, how the team would improve greatly if Ingram came off the bench. I would argue that the Lakers ceiling the season can only be reached barring a major trade with Ingram and LeBron uh, meshing on the court, and that can only happen through more reps together. Uh, You might make the argument that in the West, you have to win as many games as you can, but the normal starting five is 13 and four together, so they are winning anyway. Uh, Again, love the pod and the fact that you take the time to answer the questions. Uh, Sincerely, Caleb. All right, so one, uh, 
Thanks for the nuanced question. I really appreciate that. I this, These are the kinds of questions I most enjoy answering. I agree that if the Lakers are going to reach their, their absolute peak ceiling, it's going to be because LeBron and Ingram figured out a way to play together. Completely agree there. From what we saw, and again, I'm recording this before the Lakers play Memphis uh, on, on this Sunday evening, but but... From what we saw on Friday, Ingram approached the game differently. And if he continues that throughout the entirety of this year, then the Lakers are in a good spot. And 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 that's what really I've been hoping for this entire time anyway. Anytime I criticize the Lakers, the the inherent disclaimer should be, I hope I'm wrong, but insert whatever criticism that might be. I hope that the Lakers turn things around, but insert whatever criticism I might have at that time. Uh, So far, Ingram has addressed that criticism with how he plays the game and how different that is from how he's played it to this point. Uh, And and I hope that that continues. And I completely agree. The Lakers, as an organization, want... Brandon Ingram to figure things out. They want Lonzo Ball to figure things out. The best way for them to 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 absolutely benefit completely from this LeBron James era is if every young Laker that they have on the roster right now winds up being a superstar. That's not going to happen. But however close they get to that is going to to greatly change what this organization's ceiling might be during the LeBron James era. All right, next question here comes from uh, Movie Lover, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, love the information and hot takes. Uh, keep up the good work. Why does every time the Lakers do something, the rest of the league goes crazy? More specifically, the latest call that LeBron is tampering. When LeBron is on any other team, it's okay, but not the Lakers. Seem small markets are on a witch hunt for the Lakers. Look, that's what it is. The... It's like, say you walk into a bar with your significant other, right? If you're a girl, you're with a guy. If you're a guy, you're with your 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 girl, right? Uh, you walk into a bar and you see an absolute stunner of the same sex as you are, right? So if you're a guy, you see a freaking Insta- a male Instagram model. You're a girl, you see a female Instagram model out there, right? Um that's the person who presents the biggest challenge to you, even though you might be uh, comfortable in your current situation. And yet, while you know that you're comfortable in that situation, while you know 99.99999% chance that person that you walked into that bar with is not going to leave you for that person, you're still going to keep looking over in that direction and be like, I don't know, you know, and we're talking about absolute stunner. That's the Lakers right now. Every organization in the NBA right now is looking at the Lakers as that absolute stunner, especially now that they have LeBron. They're looking at the Lakers and they're saying, I I don't think our superstar would leave for the Lakers, but... Just to make sure, we'll see if we can do whatever we... They're basically calling the bouncer over 
to before before that person addresses your significant other, just to say, hey, that guy might present a problem, or that girl might present a problem. Uh, that's that's what's going on here with the Lakers. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. That's the best analogy I can come up with. Uh, next question here comes from Tommy Rainville. We have four more to go. Do you know if there's any technology in the works that can aid with more consistency in foul calls, considering how inaccurate our human referees are currently? Side comment, I hate James Harden. Thank you. I do too. My thing with James Harden is like, I don't hate him personally. I've never met the guy. Maybe he's a great guy. The dude has his like jersey hung up in a strip club and retired in a strip club, so he might have done something right, but or wrong. Uh, but my thing with Harden is that like he's way too talented to play to approach the game the way that he does. It's kind of a bummer, really. In terms of like any other technology that's out there, all of these leagues, whether it's Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, all of these leagues are really reluctant to just entrust technology with these calls. So I find it really unlikely that the NBA goes in that direction anytime soon. It's a bummer. I I personally don't really enjoy the human element uh, as it pertains to the to the referees. Like when I look at the human, when I look for the human element in the basketball or baseball or football that I watch, I want it to come from the athletes. I don't want it to come from the referees. And yet there it is. So I, I'm sorry. I wish I could present some kind of 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 optimism on this front, but I don't think it's coming anytime soon. Uh, next question from Saul the Quid from Saul the Kid. Two questions. Uh, just finished watching MVP candidate Ibiza Zubots locked on the Pelicans. One, what are your thoughts on the front office perhaps started planning on having a traditional center a long time ago versus a stretch five? Uh, choosing uh, Zubats over Thomas Bryant signing JaVale a month, late, a month later and how they play now with Tyson Chandler and all kinds of three of them having similar playing styles too during nationally televised games like the Pelicans games do you prefer watching the game on ESPN or Spectrum um, alright so I'll just answer two really quick I don't know how much longer we're going to have Stu Lance and I'm going to listen to him call as many Laker, fa- Laker games as I possibly can Moving forward, maybe he's slipping a little bit, whatever. But, but I remember when I was a kid, Ch- the end of Chick Hearn's career just completely blindsided me. Even though I kind of sort of prepared for myself it, for it, uh, I don't want that to happen again with Stu Lance. So if the Lakers are on national TV, I'm listening to that. The one, I guess, asterisk to that is if Doris Burke is the the color commentator, I'm listening to her. She's she's the best one out there. She's better than Jeff Van Gundy. She's better than Mark Jackson. She's better than even Stu Lance. She's just she's incredible. If I had if I had the dream scenario here, in which the Lakers actually flex their financial muscle and and hire the the, the two best people for their uh, broadcast, it would be. Um, not Mike Breen. Oh man. Oh Kevin. It'd be Kevin Harlan, and it would be Doris Burke, and I would listen to those guys. I. Uh, it, it would be those two guys. Uh, well, no. <laughs> it would be. 
Kevin Harlan and Doris Burke on a nightly basis, and the Lakers product would be exponentially better. That's how that's, and this is like, all right, random rant here, but Joe Davis and Oral Hersizer and, and Nomar Garcia Parra, like the, the way that they rotate those people, like this is one of the bummers of how awful an organization the, the Dodgers are. They don't let the, they don't let such a great broadcast be sent out to the masses. Uh, the Lakers aren't in that situation, and as such, I want them to put like the best product out there. And I think that's that's Kevin Harlan and Doris Burke. Uh, to answer number two, oh, to answer number one, uh, do I think that the Lakers uh, always plan on no they? They recognized really early that that uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma was not going to work as a small ball five consistently, and they lucked out that Tyson Chandler was available. Uh, two more questions here. Uh, this is from McNugget 2043 with Ingram and Rondo back. Does Luke stay with the nine-man rotation that he used against the Pelicans? Of course, switching Zoo for JaVale. And if Zoo continues to play like he did against the Pelicans, does he have a chance to play more this season and, uh, with how important JaVale and Chandler are to this team? Thank you. Happy holiday. Hey, right back at you. Uh, but for to answer your question, I... I think Luke winds up figuring out a way to have a 10-man rotation. He he really prefers to have a 10-man rotation. Whoever fits into that, I have no idea. Uh, I also think that it would be unwise to invest in Zubots rotationally based on a single good game when over the vast majority of his career, he hasn't looked that good. It's harsh what I'm saying there, and and I hope I'm wrong, but I just I don't believe in what I saw against New Orleans. I, I just don't. He hasn't been that good for the vast majority of his career, and and to me, sample size matters. All right, last question. This is from I Miss Julius, longtime listener out here in Connecticut. Uh, with the game D'Angelo Russell just had against the Lakers, do you have a specific game where a former Laker came back and burned his old team, uh, his old team that makes you the most angry? I remember being 10 or so and staying up until 1 in the morning to watch Shaq uh, and the Suns beat the Lakers, and I don't think I'll ever forgive him. Great show. Thank you. <sighs> Man. Uh... The D'Angelo Russell game obviously sticks out because it's the most recent, but I remember the first game that Shaq was with Miami. I don't it wasn't against the Lakers, obviously, because the NBA held off on having the Lakers play against Miami until Christmas. But but I remember the first time I saw Shaq in a Miami Heat uniform, he was effing yoked. He was ripped. He was completely carved up. He looked like a Greek god. And I remember being really angry, like, dude, if you could have just been in this kind of shape for the entirety of your time out here in L.A., Kobe wouldn't be so frustrated, the Lakers wouldn't have been so frustrated, and the Lakers would be vying for their fifth title in seven years, whatever that whatever that number would have been. Um, that's what... Now, that's... 
that's a little different from this D'Angelo Russell game and, and from the Julius Randle game because both those guys were so young and it was mostly potential that I thought the Lakers were passing up on uh, compared to Shaq where it was like, no, that guy was like a bona fide star. He wound up winning a championship that year. Uh, so that, that, that really sucked. I remember that. That was awful. Um, and I'm happy that as of right now, it doesn't seem like the Lakers are heading in that direction where they're going to get rid of somebody who is going to be in the prime of their careers when they get rid of them. It's a, it's a, it's a semantic thing, but it's a, it's a big deal to me. That'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, as I said, I'm not sure how much time I'll have to be able to record over the next few days because I'm out here in Austin and it's tough to, to be able to get guests together. But, but I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, if you aren't celebrating the, the holiday the, this, this, this weekend or this week, then then just then make the world a better place that's really what it comes down to and that's what i'm going to sign off with you guys saying right now is is make somebody's day have a good one